Welcome to Generation Tech. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm here with my dad, as always, Jack Brinker. How you doing, Dad? Doing great, Todd. Good morning. Good morning to you. Today is Monday, October 19th. For those who uh, are listening to this at some other date, we thank you for joining us. Um, but uh, if some news breaks on Tuesday and you listen to this on Wednesday and we didn't mention it, it's not because we're ignoring it. It's just because we're recording this on Monday, October 19th. Um, so uh, we did a little bit of a pre-show before we started recording, and as I, I caught it. Um, we, I started the, the, the music up, and I started to get ready, and then realized I hadn't started the actual broadcast, <laughs> and so I wasn't <laughs> recording. But I caught it. I caught it. We are actually recording now. Uh, okay, that's good. Do not want to walk down that street again. Yep. We've, that, we've uh, had that happen. Well, we, we completely lost one whole show, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because we did the entire show and I never turned on record, never hit the record button, which uh, is totally on me, but uh, got it fixed this time. So part of what we were talking about during the, the pre-show was an observation that you came up with or that you found in that you're now getting some messages and they're not identifying who the message is from, from your contacts. And yet they're in your contacts. And so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And in, Go ahead. So give in, us the details. Yeah, it, it, in fact, it had the uh, uh, the sender's phone number at the top, okay, and it said uh, it wanted to know whether it was a trusted friend, you know, or or to delete the uh, message because it was a, you know, some, somebody I didn't know. Well, uh, I knew because I saw the message earlier on my phone. Now I'm now I'm on my iPad, and I see this message with a phone number, and I said, well, wait a minute. I know my contacts are shared from my phone to my iPad, so it should be in the iPad contacts. Well, since we just talked before we come on the show, I went over to my contacts, opened it up specifically to my friend Joe, and and then just uh, edited it and closed it back up, came back to the message, and now it identifies Joe as the sender of that that message. Interesting. So it, it it's a quick little fix but why should i have to do that uh, and i was telling telling you what once before we had a family group got together on messages you know six or seven people uh-huh and, and several of them let's say three more than two or i might have been able to remember the phone numbers but they all i saw were the phone numbers instead of the contact name and of course in today's society nobody remembers phone numbers because you put it in your book and you want to forget about it right just because your name's supposed to pop up well it's a it's been an ongoing problem for me uh, i've gone through several different fixes over periods of time some of them are kind of temporary but i've never found a permanent one and this was just the mm -hmm. latest incidence of this i said oh the bug is back you know yeah and uh, it's uh, well i'm looking at some different some different tips on ways to deal with this because apparently it's not uncommon for this to happen and one of them that seems to make sense for me and i don't know if this is one you tried is to uh go to your uh, settings and under general reset network settings go to where under settings under settings general yeah then reset network settings there is no reset network settings on my iPad. Under reset, what do you see? Oh, push reset first? It says Yeah, down. under reset, then it gives you a whole bunch of different lists of ways to reset. Reset all settings, oh. erase all contents and settings, and 
Oh, you don't reset. want those. I, I see. I, I I avoid the reset button even. I was afraid to push it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's just a, takes you to another menu. And don't worry, anytime you do this stuff, then they pop up a couple times and ask you, are you sure? And they may even ask you to put in your uh, your PIN code to, to verify it. That, that's right. In fact, I got out a couple real old first-generation iPads that had been laying here. And I've, it turns out I can't even reset those things because I don't know the uh, uh, the password for the person that had used them last. One of them was your sister Haley. And another one was mm-hmm. just a friend that I had let use it for, let him use one for a while, and then the VA gave him a nice big 12-inch iPad, so he returned my my old iPad. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I was going to clean those out, and then I thought, you know, they may still have some use, but not when they're full of junk from somebody else, you know? Right. Uh, and so uh, I, I couldn't do it because I don't have the uh, passcode. Yeah, I have a, uh, a an old Windows laptop that I was going to use, let one of my daughters use, because uh, she had this thing where they were forcing her for a class to load some software that basically monitored her key clicks and stuff, and she didn't trust the company and was up in arms as well as a lot of her students were about this software that they were forcing her to load on to make sure that there was no, you know, they're supposed to enforce academic integrity for online classes. Yeah. And uh, and so I was just say, well, just use this for whenever you have to use that software. Use this other computer instead of your regular computer. And we couldn't get it. We couldn't get into the stupid computer because I can't remember the password. Uh, so she gave it back to me, and I'm still trying to remember it. Every once in a while, I go log in and futz around with it and try again. Um, well, you know, I, problem is, I, is I, after you try a certain number of times, it starts limiting your how long in between each try. Right. And, and I, I think Apple does this intentionally. They will, they'll give you a brick device, you know, rather than let you in because mm-hmm. they think you're, you know, you're invading somebody's privacy. Well, yeah. you know, it's my product. <laughs> I let somebody use it, and uh, I guess I deserve to lose it then as a consequence. Yeah. Huh? There should be some means where you can say, okay, fine, if I can't uh, remember this, then at least let me take it back to factory conditions so that any I can't get anybody's information that's on there, but at least I can reboot the whole thing and uh, well, and put it back to factory specs and then start over. Well, what's weird is I really can get a lot of information. You know, the stuff still shows up that's not blocked, but I can't reset it. <laughs> In fact, that's, that's why I, when, when Haley was over the other day, I asked her about her iPad. She said, what iPad's that? And, well, it was totally powered down, so I couldn't show it to her. But overnight, I charged it up. And, yeah, I can still look at all of her pictures and stuff. And, I mean, there's thousands of pictures. Uh, oh, so you don't, you, you don't have to use the PIN code to get into it, but you have to use the PIN code to change anything. Right. Right. Yeah. See, I never set so, mine up that way. Mine have, You have to use the PIN code to even get into it. Yeah. When so you, anyway, when you it's... pick it up and like use it, it's useless until you you put in your code or you know <laughs> use your thumbprint or your um, or your face ID or what, depending on the machine. You, know, you have to you have to be verified before you're allowed to use my iPads. <laughs> well, that's true of, of my iPad now, but in the early days when I just had the old original one, you know, I didn't want to mess with that security stuff. Right, it just gets in the way because you you know. Yeah, and you say old original one. Is this the one that had the old 32-pin connector, or does it have a lightning connector? How old yeah, is I've it? Yeah, I've got three iPads with a, with a pin connector, the 32-pin. Uh-huh. Not, you know. I bet you that none of those are the, uh, are the first version. I bet you the, the first one you had was, was a little bit later than that. 
I have mm-hmm. a first version iPad, the first generation iPad. And it's funny when you pick the thing up, you go like, holy moly, this thing's thick. This is like a, like a, that, like a book. Well, one, one of the three is the really thick one. So that's yeah. the version. First version. Yeah. Maybe you do. Maybe you have the same, the same one I have, but, uh, so, but anyway, on uh, the, I, the other thing, surprise that I found is that one of the, well, not, not that thick one, but one of the other ones, the home button no longer works, but mm-hmm. I found a workaround. Yeah, you can do a software home button. Well, in setup, there's a place where you can do a four finger squeeze, and that, mm-hmm. and that, and you can, and you can make that become go to home from anywhere. You know, under accessibility, you can put a software button on the screen and then tap that. Except that none of these early models, and there were they were updated with the latest software, allowed uh, any. They didn't have accessibility then. There's, it's not on the menu. Ah, ah okay. So. Yeah, I, I'm aware of the accessibility. That was the first thing I looked for. It wasn't there, so I found this other thing, and well, I was there able you go. to set. Yep. So at least I can get back home, because without mm-hmm. that, you get into an app. You couldn't even go to another app, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you apps. can't get back to the can't get back to Springboard to to switch apps. So no, um, no. so anyway, if you if you uh, I'll, I'll send you the link here. It says um, reset the. Um, the network settings and then step two is turn iMessages off and then turn them back on and then that uh, re- and, and they said that the issue tends to be um, a uh, a uh, issue between whether iMessage thinks that you're getting an SMS message or an iMessage and that if the network is toggling on and off or it doesn't have a good network connection for some reason or if something's flaky there, then you get in this weird hybrid mode where it's not sure whether it's an SMS or an iMessage. And so then sometimes it doesn't get looked up against your uh, against your uh, contacts. Hmm. So. Okay. Well, I, I read about that one, but I didn't know where it was. And so I didn't do it. But mm-hmm. I would... I, or else I just got scared when it said reset. <laughs> yeah. You know? Re, I have reset my network um, settings before, and that, I mean, you might have to go and, and uh, re-log into your, into your Wi-Fi afterwards because it's resetting all those settings, but it's basically just flushing the buffer that, that controls your network connections and says, okay, disconnect from everything, flush that buffer, and, yeah. and get that all, you know, reset up properly. Well, and every once in a well, while, you know, a bit gets dropped somewhere and it just, things get out of whack. You know, if it's something that that's complex and you don't understand, it just get, gets scary. And I figured, man, I don't want to mess up my iPad right now, you know? Oh, yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree. But um, like I said, it's it's something that I have done so I can, I can vouch for the um, relatively benign uh, resetting of your network settings is not the... the end all beat all just be careful right above that is reset all settings and reset uh, erase all content and settings and right erase all content and setting takes you right back to like when you pulled it out of the box from apple everything's gone right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. now That's right. if you select that it will pop up and say this will erase everything are you sure you say yes it says you cannot well, back out of this put in your pin code if you really want to do this you know i mean they're well, very very careful about that well, that's the one that I tried to use on my uh, couple of those old iPads that I wanted to clear off, and I couldn't. It wouldn't let me because I it wanted a uh, Apple ID code or something. 
Yeah. Well, it pass, usually wants the it, it wants the the password for that device, whatever your pin code is for that device. It's either a right. if it's an older one, it's a four, and if it's a newer one, it's a six digit number. Um, although you can put in longer passphrases if you want to be even more protective. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's sometimes a, a real hassle just to get what you want done. You know. I mean. Yeah. The, well, the, when something the, doesn't go quite right, fixing it is not always easy. Well, the, and the the real problem is is that most of these devices I had set up the uh, uh, because I'm a multi uh, Apple device owner. I use the two device check. So you got to get a code yeah. from the other one. Well, authentication, uh, right? Yeah, authentication. And uh, when when you've got that two device thing, but you don't have the other device, or it's, you know because it's a wrong number. Mm-hmm. Man, there's, it's like I mean the lady from Apple. I think she told me it was a brick. You know, not not that way, but it, there's no way to to ever get in it because it's it's got a the other device phone number and it only tells you the last two digits. I, don't know, I think it was five five or something like that. You know, but to guess all the rest of the numbers, forget it. You're never going to get in. Yeah, no, and, you have to have the 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 other device and on it, it'll then give you a pin code. So you have to look the at the screen of the other device. So especially if the one that you loaned to a friend had had uh, authentication set up and it's authenticating to his phone, every time you try it, it's probably popping up on his phone and he's going, deny, because I don't want anybody getting into my stuff, not even realizing that it's your old iPad. You need to well, talk to that, him. Well, I did, and, and he never has a phone number that ends in 55, never has. But he got it from the VA, okay? By the way, that's that's the, that I, I'm mixing He got up what two from the VA? Here. He yeah. got this is the iPad that he got from the VA, the 12 inch iPad. Right. Okay. And and I can't fix it because we can't. What he this is a different problem than the three little old iPads that I was telling you about earlier. So first of all, I okay, yeah, you, you've changed stories here. <laughs> that's that's like what what are well, you doing with his iPad? You're trying to help him set uh, up his iPad. I, I, I'm trying to get just to download a program okay we're, we're now back to the world of zoom and he doesn't have zoom on his ipad that's all i wanted okay. to do is load zoom on i can't do it okay and it's because it always goes back to this phone number which maybe belonged to somebody at the va when they set it up but how dumb can you be to set it up with your own phone number maybe just to try it out but anyway mm-hmm. it's two-factor authorization that's what it's called two-factor authorization now there's supposedly another way around that, and I forgot what they call it because you you got to have the right words in order to figure it out. But a message came up, and there's another way, but it ultimately comes still comes back to two factor. As long as yeah. you don't know that, you're dead. You know, and he never he's his only device was first of all that one of those old loaned ones I had. Now it's a 12 inch iPad that's really nice. It's a model like yours, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it it doesn't work because uh, what he needs is Zoom to work from here on. He's he's a, a disabled person, and in fact he's right. one-handed. So I have all kinds of stuff on there for one-handed persons to, in order for him to be able to use it, you know, using accessibility features and stuff. Right. So, but 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 the fact is is that because of this other thing, I cannot download uh, a new program for him. So it's it's. It has no value to him without having that program anymore. That's the connection yeah. to the, to today's world. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
He um, anyway, he needs to get a hold of the. I mean, whoever brought him that iPad, there's got to be like an IT group within the VA that provided him with that, and say, "Hey, help me, <laughs> give me another one that yeah. works, or show me how to do this." I'm surprised that he couldn't do a complete reset and set back to factory settings on it. But I guess if he tries to do that, even it comes up and says, "Fine, give us your code, yep. <laughs> authenticate." That's right. Yeah, you can't reset it. You can't do anything. <clears throat> So I, I do have uh, some numbers for a couple people, and I'm going to call them uh, today mm-hmm. and see if they can help me out, tell, tell them what I've been doing. I, I think they're VIP. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully you can figure it out for him because that's frustrating having a device that really isn't a device. It's basically really, really because, limited if you can't put anything on yeah. it. But but anyway, it's nice that he let me make a copy of this paper he got from the VA with with the iPad, so that had mm-hmm. the information at the time. So mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, there, there was another thing that came up that I was going to tell you about is that in the message I got this morning from Joe. Uh, let me get messages back up here. Uh, he was telling about something that was kind of interesting. He just said. Uh, uh, I'm on MeWe now, social and chat with no ads or spyware. Here's your invite. Have you heard of MeWe? M-E-W-E. It says the best chat and group app with privacy you trust. And in fact, they're at MeWe.com. Have not heard of them. Um, no ads, no spyware, no BS. Well you want to have that then just use apple products <laughs> well uh, he's not I, an apple guy i take it uh well I, I no he was a facebook guy and i think this is probably a facebook replacement so if it works as well as facebook maybe then i can entice other people so i thought about uh, you know getting the thing and trying it out and uh see you know what its limitations are and uh but I, I would love to have a Facebook substitute. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'd never want to go back to Facebook again, except well, that all my I, family's on. Yeah, I refuse to use it. I canceled my account. I don't. I've not been on Facebook in over well over a year, a couple years. Um, yeah, you you say you canceled your account. I I, I thought I canceled Mom's account too. And one time later, it's there. All you got to do. Is well, that's the it. problem with that's one of the things about Facebook. You cancel it, they bring it back and make it active again, and then they say, "Oh yeah, we've got all these active users." Well, how many of those people have tried to quit your stupid service? Yeah, they're um, uh, you know, they're just about as unethical a corporation as I can imagine. Yep, yep. Well, and the main thing that really has got my gum got my arms up today is the they've stolen freedom of speech from people by now becoming a censor and and they're doing it you know politically i mean they're going to sway the election that's their goal right now anything they can do to sway the election so trump can't win that they're, they're taking political people off you know yeah no i i have um uh seen a couple things between facebook and twitter both where they're, um, you know, removing articles that they say are not substantiated, even articles that have been published in, like, the New York Post. They're saying, um, you know, and, and any reference to those articles they're removing, they've they suspended people's accounts for talking about it. And yep. it's like, well, wait a minute. Wait a, I, I, and, and, I, and, the, and the article I'm speaking of specifically was one that had to do with um, 
an email that was found um, from Hunter Biden and some Russian guy in regards to um, uh, that energy company that he was taking money from that he worked for. And uh, and they have denied uh, Biden has denied he's ever seen the guy. And then this email, it says, thanks for arranging that meeting between me and your dad. Um, And uh, and Twitter and Facebook have blocked it, saying it's not substantiated. We don't we don't know the veracity of that. it's, It's a lot worse than that. There's I mean, they got the whole notebook. They're going through thousands and thousands of pages. And there's so much stuff in there that's incriminating that the, those guys got to end up in jail. We can't elect a president like that. In fact, I think it's so bad that I'm expecting uh, uh, somebody from the federal government, some Fed, I, I don't know how they'll do it, to take some forceful action to, to knock this off before the election. I mean, they've got to do it Be- because this this is criminal. It's really criminal. And, uh, you know, the thing about it is, Biden doesn't want to get caught with perjury, so he's not even denying it. Any of this, you know, it's just he just now has reverted. To, how about the second day this was out? He reverted to just uh, calling it names. You know, this is uh, all fake news or whatever. You know, and it's you know, it's so yeah, we're, we're, we, it's degraded to the point where there is no communications now at all, and there's just a massive war going on to prevent people, voters, from having any information regarding the, what's what's happened. Yeah. And, and and Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's 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 like but who do you, who do you trust anymore, you know? It's like one news place says this is this is real news, another pl- news place says well this is Russian disinformation. Um you know, one group says that, that that we you know got this lead on this information, the other one says it was illegally stolen laptop so that nothing in there is 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 of you know any value legally um well, i mean it's you know ultimately ultimately in the government i think it comes down to the supreme court and somebody's got to be taking the case to the supreme court right now i mean it's got to be happening and i think it's the senate judiciary committee that was behind uh this investigation to begin with and so that that's where it's got to to start and maybe the attorney general will be involved as well but uh, somehow it's got to get to the Supreme Court because that's the only place that I think the American people will kind of listen to something and say, uh, we, we've got some a problem here. Because otherwise, I mean, I think our government's threatened. We're, we're getting real close to a breakdown here. I've, I've never seen it get so bad. You, you know, you listen to both sides and they both know it's this is – this is the dire election as far as both sides are concerned. And uh, the truth's got to come out. I mean, do the votes even count at this point with all the uh, information that's out there if it was wrong, if it was wrong information? Because then you'd say, well, as voters, people stand up and say, well, I was misled. I want to re- redo. Well, you know, I, I don't know what you do in this circumstance. It's, it's a vulnerability to, to democracy that we've never encountered before. And it's real, really scary. 
Well, I, I I don't know that it's something we've never encountered before. It's different than some of the stuff we've encountered before, but I've been doing some reading. Did you know that a vice president, uh, 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 a former vice president, not a sitting vice president, uh, was actually tried for uh, for treason because he had put together plans to create a his own country out of the Louisiana Purchase, that one of Thomas Jefferson's, his first vice president? Did you know that? No. That actually happened. <laughs> that actually mm. happened. A vice president, a former vice president, was putting plans together. They ended up not convicting him of treason because of the way that the information was gathered. But uh, but there's fairly strong evidence that he also had uh, something to do with the death of Meriwether Lewis, of Lewis and Clark. Because Lewis had information, documents, that proved that he was had this conspiracy put together and Lewis was, was, was killed. Yeah. I had heard this now before, but, uh, the guy had some connection with Burr, Aaron Burr too, wasn't it? It was Aaron Burr. Aaron Burr was the guy. Yeah. Okay. He was the vice president. Okay. I didn't realize he was a vice president, but right. And he, and he wasn't allowed to run for, uh, for the second term. Because, uh, well, he wasn't allowed, but I mean, he didn't run for the second term because he had killed James Madison. Or, or I'm sorry, Alexander Hamilton. He had killed Alexander Hamilton in a duel. So his, polit- his, his political career in the U.S. was in the dumper. So then he, uh, he conspired with uh, a sitting U.S. general who was essentially like the chairman of the Joint right. Chiefs or the Department of uh, Defense head of the defense they didn't have that actual seat at that time but that's effectively what he was for the country and the two of them were conspiring to start their own country in in the louisiana territory yeah that's all in the wikipedia story on aaron burr yeah yeah i mean there's that you can go read about it but it's just it's stunning to think you know we think things are bad now things have been bad on and off at repeated times throughout this country and we've yeah. managed to figure out a way to get through it, you know, as a people. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I hate continuing to point or paint, um, <laughs> you know, dire circumstances. It's serious. It's serious. And, and politics are serious. You know, it's yeah. not just that thing that happens way off in Washington. But, uh, but, you know, at least we don't have former VPs, you know, <laughs> fomenting <Yeah>. treason. Well, <laughs> I mean, well. Well, well, and uh, to to have a duel these days wouldn't be allowed either. I mean, you know, that no, was the well, thing about that it really wasn't then. It really wasn't then. That's part of the reason his career was shot, was because it was it was already illegal, and he he was actually charged for that too and got off. So the guy had good lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. No, well. it's 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 crazy. Um, but. We're not really here to talk about politics that much. We're here to talk about tech. So um, last week, after we were done recording, Apple had a little get-together and announced a bunch of phones. They did. Yeah. Yeah. What's your thoughts? Well, uh, most of the rumors were were right. There were a few things that did not happen, but uh, Mm -hmm. by and large... uh, a lot of it did. Uh, well, let's start off with the other non-phone issue, they, they, because it was the first thing in their show was the uh, yeah the new speaker, the new home yeah, pod. and 
HomePod Mini, yeah. which is still three times the price of the little mini HomePods by everybody else, but it's I suspect it sounds a heck of a lot better, and it's, what, a third the price of what they've been selling the regular HomePod for? Now, there, there were no comparative sound quality uh, indicators anywhere by Apple, but I'm sure the right. testers are out there doing that now. Uh, yeah. But... Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's got to not be quite as good. You just have to know that. Oh, sure. It's got basically a single um, speaker with a couple passive radiators in it. So it's a full-range yeah. speaker as opposed to, what was it, six or seven yeah. tweeters and uh, and a woofer built into the other one. How, however, it has to be said that the business of uh, enhancing uh, poor hardware is a very uh, important science these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, both the original iPod as well as the new one uh, uh, use that extensively, and it's possible that they've they've uh, come pretty close to the quality. Uh, I don't know how you, what measure you use for that, but uh, yeah, uh, you know the testers will have some way of set, making distinctions. And uh, mm-hmm. anyway, uh, it it's possible they're they're you know. Uh, probably as a for the value for what you pay, you probably get a lot more for your money with the newer one. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I agree. This one does have the S five chip in it, which is um, a uh, you know a little bit older. Uh, um, oh wait a minute, the S five, not the A five. So it's got the S five, which is the same chip that's in the watch. So it has the same processor in it that's in the watch, which is interesting. Um, it's and it's a ball, which I thought was a little weird. It's a ball. Basically, they say it's three point three inches tall. So imagine something yeah. that's roughly, you know, softball sized, basically. Um, well, but yeah, they use a term that I thought was interesting because we've used it for foot photography for a while, and that's computational audio, which is what you were talking about. So right. like they've they've like they've taken like they've taken pictures from really really small lenses and small sensors and made them really good by using a computer to touch them up automatically they're doing the same thing in real time with audio so that they're taking a relatively poor speaker and making it sound significantly better by adjusting the audio to the audio characteristics of the speaker to make it very lifelike and real sounding yeah 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 it's a uh, it's an interesting technology soft software is uh, well it, of course the main thing software depends on is hardware speed and with the advance in speed, now you can do these things real time because, or effectively, uh, within uh, maybe a millisecond time frame, you can do a whole lot of processing. Where in the past, that uh, wasn't, you know, yeah. you could do it, but not much. Mm-hmm. So, well, again, it's their their ability to control both their their hardware to, down to the to the you know design of the chip, all the way out to all of the software that runs on it gives them advantages that uh, some of their competitors don't always have. One of the things that Apple has said from day one when they first released their first HomePod and they carried it through with the Mini is that this is how this is what they believe is the best way to listen to music and listen. It's a listening device primarily. It's not meant to be um, you know, they, they've never pitched it as the the uh, you know, smart voice in a tube type of thing that that Amazon and Google have done with theirs. Theirs has Siri in it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and but Google has done that too. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. They added that in, and Siri is there, but that that primarily what they were making was really, really good sounding music. And uh, I've got to say that you know Siri has gotten much, much better, but it's still kind of annoying. I have found I have all three of them in my house, and we uh, primarily use the HomePod for playing music. We use the uh, Amazon Tube for setting timers. And we use the Google tube for answering questions. So like if I'm watching a television show and I want to know something about an actor that's on the show or something, I ask the Google. And the reason I do is because if I ask Amazon or ask Siri, what I get is, hmm, that's, or, you know, we, we have something for you on your, on your website. Look at this page or do something like that. Whereas Google just tells me, you know, or they say, I can't help you with that. Invariably, that's you know, what they say. You know, I, I I can't help but laugh every time I hear somebody talking about talking to to uh, non people. This yeah. business of this business of communicating with hardware uh, is still uh, something I can't do. I just can't do it. I, yeah. I uh, and and here's the other funny thing is that every time I've tried to do it, mom is in earshot and she says, "What do you want?" <laughs> yeah. So she yeah. turns in and messes up, you know. Yeah. And yeah. Then you've got multiple people talking to this device, which just confuses it more. Yeah. Right. yeah. So they're anyway. getting better at it. They're learning to recognize voices so that they know who's talking in the house, you know. Yeah. Um, so they're getting better at it. But you're right. It's it's weird, um, and it's getting. But it's getting there. It's getting there. You know. I've had the issue where. Um, I have a an Amazon Echo that is is Bluetooth connected to an Amazon clock, and when you set timers, the clock has LEDs around the perimeter, and it'll show you on the clock by lighting up an LED how far the timer is from being done. And when it gets down to the last minute, it lights up all of the the LEDs, all sixty of them, and then it slowly counts down, so you can see it counting down, and you know, so you get a visual feedback on your timer, which is nice. Um, yeah. However, what would happen is the the uh, Echo sitting in our living room kitchen area, the one that's attached to that, when you say set a timer, sometimes it's not the one that would respond. One on the other side of the room over in the den would say, a timer set starting now. And you're like, well, I don't want it on that one. I want it on this one because it's attached to the clock. <laughs> so I finally went, I, you know, I guess it just had to do with which microphone had was more sensitive. Um, I finally went to the one that was in the den. And I've actually started unplugging a lot of them because I find I don't like all the um, the the Amazon tubes around. But um, the um, one in the den, I changed its name from uh, its its call word from from the name of the smart device, uh, smart service to just the word computer. And so I don't say Schmatrexa like I do with the other one. I say computer for that one. Um, but I, I found that I actually never, ever use it. The only thing I've, the, the, the thing that I used it most for is they do have an option where you can say, um, you know, play music everywhere. And I said, I usually use the Siri device for, uh, the HomePod for music, but because I have several of those, um, uh, echo devices in different rooms, it's nice to be able to say play music everywhere and it just plays the music throughout the house. <laughs> Did you, did, did you ever have the inclination to say, would y'all just shut up? <laughs> yeah, I've done that too. <laughs> you know, or the, they all, every one of them, all three brands at some given point, will hear something on the television or a dog barks or something. And they'll go, I'm sorry, I didn't quite catch that. 
you know, and you're like, shut up. Or it'll start telling you the weather or something, you know, you, you know, it just, you know, I want to know, like, I, I, you know, you'll ask it like, you know, what's the temperature outside? You know, decent number. You, you know, I haven't been out yet. I want to see what the temperature is before I go out the door. And instead of saying, you know, 94 degrees, the temperature is 94 degrees. The clouds are moving in from the Southwest and, you know, it keeps going and going and you just shut up. I just wanted the temperature. I want all that other crap. I would ask for it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know. it's, it's it's really funny. You know, in fact, the, because of their behavior, they've been banned to my the little room that I'm in now. We call it the den, but it's a pretty small office. Yeah, your little and, office space, right? But but when we had him out where the television was, it was just a constant thing. There was somebody listening. To, these things were listening to the TV and responding, and we said, "This is mm-hmm. crazy." That's yeah. If you say of. anything that's even in the ballpark of their name. In order to yeah. not, resp- you know, they don't want it to ever be where you're trying to talk to and it doesn't respond. So they want right. it to respond. So if you say something even phonetically close, they're going to go, yeah, what you need, <laughs> which is annoying <laughs> as all get out. If you're sitting watching a movie and the stupid thing, you know, you know, heaven help yeah. you. You have somebody who's got a name, a character in a movie or something that's close to the name of, uh, <laughs> of, uh, you know, if you've got somebody named Alex and, and they keep going, Alex, uh, what do you want? And there it goes. That's enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, the the call names from all three companies, I'm sure they went through a lot of research to try to figure out phonetically what what is lacking in our language. We'd hardly yeah. ever say, you know, it's just yeah. What's unique. unique to your language? And since yeah. you would think that because the 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 uh, Siri was the first one that Apple then bought, that they maybe you know have have the name that's most like that but uh you know when you got a name of your when the name of your company is google that's not something that sounds like a lot of things anyway <laughs> that's you know like okay we'll just go with that you know uh, it's yeah. funny so um so they did have some phones at this thing too and yep. uh there's two models of iphone 12 and two models of iphone 12 pro oh. and uh major differentiations between them the the non-pro models have two cameras. The pro models have have three cameras on the back. Um, the iPhone 12 and the 12 Pro are the same size. The 12 Pro Max is larger, and the 12 Mini, the non-pro, is smaller. Um, and in fact, the 12 Mini is actually smaller than the iPhone uh, 6, 7, and 8 were which was previously the smallest phone before the iPhone 5. So it's but actually a little bit small. small. The SE. But it but yeah, it's smaller than the SE but has a larger screen. Oh, okay. Cuz the SE is the same size as the 6, 7 and 8 were. The regular 6, 7 and 8, not the Max. Mhm. So, uh and but you can still get an SE with a button on the front and a slightly smaller screen for 399. Yep. Which is their entry level model now, and, and they're still selling the ten too. Yeah, uh, yeah. Was it the ten or the ten S? A ten. It's one I I've thought got. it was the. I thought it was the ten S. Um, I, I, I'll look at the I Apple on, page. I haven't right been now. on Apple site in a long time, but uh, last time yeah. I was on it was the ten. So, oh, it's neither. It's the ten XR, which was the one that came out at the same time as the ten S. So it's a generation newer than yours. But it was the one that had the uh, LCD screen in it instead of the um, the OLED screen. 
So oh. so their their line is the iPhone SE is three ninety nine. The iPhone XR, is, which is the corner to corner Face ID screen, but with the LCD screen, is uh, four ninety nine. The iPhone eleven, which is also an LCD screen, it is it's not the OLED screen, is five ninety nine. Then the iPhone twelve mini is six ninety nine. The iPhone twelve is seven ninety nine. And then you go to the iPhone 12 Pro, which goes up to 999, or for the iPhone 12 Pro Max, which is uh, is it 1099 or 1049? I can't remember what which. I, I don't remember, but I'm trying to but, look at it right now. I'm clicking on the. That's site that's here. the one that with the lidar and all that stuff. That the yeah, Pro 1099. Yeah, that's the three the Pro, camera lidar. I think the Pro models now. Are, are really the uh, photographer's uh, thing, you know? Yeah. Well, I had very intentionally bought, like when they first came out with the 6, I got the 6 Pro because they had image stabilization in the cameras and stuff that you couldn't get in the in the regular 6. You had to get the Max in order to get the better cameras. Now they actually have separated the Pro line out. And in fact, like when you're doing the uh, 4K HDR video, the pro line does it at 60 frames a second, whereas the non-pro line does it at 30 frames per second. So if you're shooting actual video, 60 frames per second is essentially what is the standard on television right now. 30 frames per second is going to feel a little slower, um, although movies are done at 24 frames per second, so go figure. Um, you know, it's not like one's not going to be any good just because it's... Uh, but, you know, if you are if you are a pro, you might really, really want that, so... Um, yeah. I have a question or a concern for all of these. And I it, I mean, until they're actually shipping and people got them in their pockets, we won't know. But one of the things that they did was they brought back the term MagSafe for something new. And that is they have now magnets on the back of the camera so that when it sits on top of a charging stand, it will snap in oh. and align. And that's been an issue with, with wireless charging is you don't get it lined up right. You come back and pick up your device and it's not charged because it wasn't lined up right. So you have to be careful when you set it down to make sure that it's connected and you see that there's a little light. Usually the de- the device and or the charger has a little light that comes on and says, yep, okay, I got a connection and I'm now doing my thing. And, you know, you have to be careful about it. And this makes it much less careful because you can now snap it on and they've got a magnet, magnetic charger. But what pops into my head is, what happens if you have credit cards in your pocket? And you put it next to a bunch of magnets? That you doesn't... And, and these are, yeah, these are magnets credit. that are... These, these <laughs> are magnets that are strong enough to hold the phone up. I mean, hold the device. They're, you know, they, they even Belkin was. They they meant they mentioned during the the presentation that Belkin's coming out with a thing that you'll be able to snap it onto and hold it up in on the car because of the magnet built in. And I'm going, yay! That sounds great. But yep. you know, and then and they've got a wallet that snaps on the back that presumably has some sort of protection for the um, cards that are that inside. You back, that you can stick your credit cards in, right? Charge yeah. Yeah. Now I realize that we're we're going towards cards that have little chips, and they don't use the magnetic slider that much anymore. But I have, on many occasions, had the chip not read correctly, and then the default is, well, if the chip doesn't read, then just slide the mag card, and that always seems to work. So I don't know if other people have had that experience. My experience has been that the chips aren't that great, but the magnetic 
strip always worked. Yeah. I don't know. That said, I did just get it. I had a, a card that had a bad chip in it a while back. And, um, and or, so I don't know, like a week or two ago, I, you know, got online and, or went onto their app, I guess it was, and just said, hey, I've got a bad chip and it's not working. Send me a new card. The new card they sent me does not have a magnetic strip on the back, does not have any numbers embossed into it. The numbers are printed in flat ink so that they can't be, uh, there's no bumps there. And, and it has the, um, the uh, not only does it have the chip that I can stick in the slot, but it's got the, a built-in chip so that I can just use it um, by touching it up on top, just like you do with your iPhone. Oh, so it's got a battery in it. Well, I don't know if it has a battery in it or if it... Uh, oh, it's a uh, coil then. It's a yeah, some kind of coil. Yeah, because that's what they use for like our fast track out here for the freeways. For the, if you're on a toll road, there's yeah. no battery in the in the newer ones. The old ones used to have a battery in them. The new ones, it's literally a sticker. You just stick it on the window. Uh, yeah. And in fact, it's a clear sticker. You can actually see the coil in there. Yeah. Well, there's so much communications going on. It's a wonder anything works anymore. Yeah. You know, lots of stuff. Uh, I, I I haven't been in that business in a long time, but you know, it was a it was a worry back twenty years ago uh, about you know who's going to use what bandwidth and how are we ever going to get to where we want to be, and yeah. it seems like there somebody's figuring it out because obviously they're they're moving stuff around, but what about old equipment? They got to you know, I they're taking some chances is what I think which they yeah. shouldn't be doing there's you know especially mm-hmm. w- with anything involving flight air- aircraft that that's the biggest worry always yeah. has been they've always had the priority and they have their own bandwidth mm-hmm. but if you've ever looked at the spectrum and its allocation uh it's uh and there's everybody's always had eyes on somebody else's spectrum that they want you know for this or that and, yeah. And and, well, when we uh, went to digital TV, a bunch of those TV spectrums were now re- freed up, and yeah. um, and a lot of that has now become what's what we're calling five G. Yeah, it was reallocated for that. I just happened to have a relative who had a big hand in that. He, uh, you, do you know Larry Magny? Lawrence hmm. Magny. Well, if you look up his name, Lawrence Magny, online, you'll find out that he's semi-famous, even today. Because he published the worldwide standard, uh, frequency standards, once a year, an annual book. And he made a living on that for 30 years or whatever before he finally closed his company down and retired. And I don't know if anybody's publishing it anymore, but uh, some of those books, because they also included radio, shortwave radio information, stuff like that, have become collector's items. And they're worth a lot of money. And... Anyway, uh, it's, it's it's a fascinating business. Passport. That's it. Passport. That to World Band Radio. Yep. Well, anyway, uh, Larry's still out there, and I talk to him every once in a while on the phone. But interesting guy, and it was an interesting. How are you related? Because if you're related, I'm probably related. My cousin is his wife. Okay. Well, then my. Second cousin or whatever once removed is my <laughs> is his yeah. wife. So, anyway, uh, 
if if you want to know anything about any of the bands in the world, just talk to Larry. <laughs> he had a, uh, a a book, two parts of his business. He had a book publishing business, and on the side, he ran this laboratory out in Colorado. I think it was in Denver. Uh, had a bunch of engineers out there that did tests on all kinds of of uh, radiating devices. For uh, I think some of it was contract tests for the government even. So he had a big lab is what it was. And then they would put reports on some of the radios that people used in the shortwave uh, areas or in different parts of the world. Uh, they'd buy ads in his magazine because that's, you know. And by the way, when we talk about a magazine, it was about a half inch thick, but a lot of pages. They weren't that, they were pretty thin pages. And those those books cover, have a lot of information. So, you know, it's a, it's it's a it's a library is what it really is but but they're fascinating especially go back and read some of the early day stuff yeah uh, and, and and see how things have moved along if you're not into shortwave but anyway. yeah well that's what this is largely shortwave radio so this doesn't necessarily tie into to the bandwidths used for cell phones and wi-fi and 5g and that kind of stuff today well, it and, preceded it preceded that stuff, so that's why. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Well, I, yeah. Well, I was I, just reading a review of one of his things, and they goes they, the guy the guy's comment was excellent book, but they haven't published one in over ten years now. And he said the yeah. closest replacement is World Radio and Television Handbook. He says it's not as good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this was uh, there were a lot of radio. Uh, how should I say it? Hobbyists. It was a hobby group. And that's what made this go. Uh, that you know, they 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 enjoyed talking to people around the world on radio. And right. That, that was the that was the key attraction. So it was just like computer hobbyists, or you know, mm-hmm. here you had radio hobbyist group, and, uh, and yeah. he was one of those hobbyists and realized the need for this information in order to be able to uh, talk to other people and and a lot of people like Larry, had been gradually collecting it and building a library of where there are people in the world that had radios and, and yeah. how, how to get them uh, all together. So he finally became the focal point of that, and that started his business. Yeah, well, there's. I know it's it's much diminished, like a lot of things in these days. You know, new, newer stuff comes out and newer ways of communicating, but there's still hobbyists who do that and like, you know, do radio and... and uh, yeah, yeah. You know, get licensed and have have the 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 antenna tower, you know, in their backyard, and and they talk to the world. Yep. So, yep. but with internet and all that, that's all so changed now that uh, yeah, the, the way you do things is kind of doesn't make it doesn't fit into a nice little can like like it used to. It's, mm-hmm. I don't know how to say that, but different world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, other subsequent technologies have become better ways of communicating uh, right. with other parts of the world. Um, you know, but if there was ever an infrastructure interruption or break breakdown, then people would go back to the radio pretty quickly. By the way, which which brings me to something uh, that's uh, I think becoming an issue uh, recently uh, because of the voting. Voting the uh, post office is kind of into importance and and then to think the thought about how how do we actually uh, have a secure voting system 
and it seems to me that there's a pretty obvious answer ultimately uh, you can have it on digital and you can have ended end to end encryption and feedback so that you know mm -hmm. what you voted on was actually it gets reflected back from the from the end uh, result so uh, uh, it's not just a piece of paper and hoping that somebody didn't change what you did along the way uh, and, and and the way to the way we need to uh, put put uh, internet in around the world, including in this country, is wireless as best you can because nobody else wants to go out and put any more poles and and radiators. Yeah, on them. running uh, wires uh, to a house is 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 yeah. probably not the way it's going to go in the long run. So, unfortunately, so, I, I have some issues with that because of the way the internet providers have negotiated with our politicians and set up the rules so we'll need to change the rules a little bit but but that's that's another conversation so go ahead <laughs> yeah but but anyway there's always going to be some need for a certain amount of landline connection too so it's wireless always has to have antennas somewhere you know so that part of it uh for the cell phone interconnections is still uh necessary but but they, but it's a lot less of it, and you can put it in a lot faster. And if they put it in, we're at a break in technology now, where we're going now with 5G, with phones that really transmit at the rate that the ground lines used to, and that's essential to continue to do mm -hmm. the things that we do. So yeah. it's it's a well, pretty decent time to start talking about a national internet infrastructure. Yeah, I think, too, that, that, you know, for doing voting, people have some concerns about how that gets corrupted and stuff. And we need to understand and share, you know, what a public ledger, i.e. blockchain, can do in terms of making sure that that each time we increment the ledger, that it is open and public so that it cannot be cheated. Yes. Well, it's all has to do with encryption. It's like the banks communicate today mm -hmm. very effectively you know, with their central banks and all that. So the whole banking system is all encrypted, and it have to be, you know. Everybody understands that. So that they, if they're told that we're using a system equivalent to that secure level mm -hmm. of security for a voting system, then I think people will accept it. It's something that you have to, people have to have confidence in, you know. And so it, I don't think it's that difficult to, convince the american people if you if you today just said internet will use that for voting well what people think of is facebook you know or something that they relate to they they don't you know but so you can't just say it that way you got to say it's a secure internet which is yet a different thing and in fact yeah. i believe that ultimately the, the the right answer for internet is to as we, it needs to be upgraded to a fully secure system where everybody's identified this anonymity has created numerous problems, including all kinds of thievery, uh, allowing, allowing really crooks to use a very effective technique to steal money from people, to, to fool yeah. them, in all kinds of different ways. And if you if you get get it to a point where every node on the network is uh, is identified, then that kind of thing can be controlled. You know. Yeah. So, uh, at some point that when before when you put this new internet out you got to be sure that it's it's secure you know yeah absolutely unfortunately today 5g didn't add 
uh, a whip of security, as far as I can tell. Yeah, well, I mean, but the thing is, is 5G, I mean, you got to understand that the way the Internet is created, there's like, you know, the underlying transport layer is 5G. It doesn't have right. anything to do with what's traveling across the top of it. Now, good security probably would address more than one layer. Uh, but but you're right. It, it's, it's one of those things that um, a forward-thinking company would be looking at that saying, hey, we're going to provide an alternative. I would... Yeah. I know it, it doesn't make sense for them because I think it would open them up to a lot of, of um, scrutiny in terms of them controlling too much. But I would love to see Apple go and buy somebody like a T-Mobile and then say, okay, we're going to go through and make sure now we're we're point-to-point secure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And then open source it. And just say, yep, this is how we do it. Anybody can attach to it. Anybody can use it. Here's the here's the protocols. It's all open source. But it's it's a secure methodology. Yep. So anyway, there's there's a lot of things that, uh, in order to get a system in, into being initially, you have to kind of keep it simple. But we're now getting to the point where we're getting a lot of speed, and that's what's essential to encryption, because mm-hmm. uh, it, it's all based on delay, if you really think about encryption. So mm-hmm. that means that even if you have encryption, if you've got enough speed, you can decrypt old old encrypted stuff, you know? <laughs> I mean, so yeah. you got to worry about it both ways. Uh, but uh, but speed is, is is enormous compared to where we started, uh, as well as the technology for radios, and, and uh, uh, that allow us to do it wirelessly. So yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No, it's it's um, it's frustrating because there's only one company, and I, again, not to tout apples toot Apple's horn, but they seem to be the only large company that's having a lot of conversations in public about uh, secure transactions and, sec- and securing of data. And, and I think that needs to become a, a, you know, a desire for people that the public need to make it clear that that's what they want. And then they can move forward on stuff, you know, um, yep. and making, making the, the internet more secure because you're right. There's too much of it that is, um, I, I but one of the, the biggest enemy today, in my view, is for monopoly standpoint, is Facebook and Twitter, the communication system. I want to break both companies up, and I want to do it as soon, soon as it's feasibly possible. And in fact, before an election, I would like to see them shut down right now. Say, you, you know, you guys are doing more harm than good to our country. You can't operate until after the election. I mean, I think that yeah. that's what we have to do. The problem is, is that that. You know, legally, I mean, I don't like the companies. I, I'm with you on that. I mean, I really don't like the companies, but I also don't know that we legally have any basis for doing that, and that we could act. We certainly couldn't act quick enough right now legally, you know, because let's face it, they are. While I mean, it, it would be very difficult to go in and say, you have done something that is, is, a illegal and b so egregious that we can we can force you to shut down right now. And can you imagine the out, up, outrage of the populace who uses these two products against whomever did that? It's a losing proposition for a, for a politician. I don't care what case they make. Mm-hmm. Shutting them down isn't going to work. Uh, now, if they'd had more time, if they had started this you know, previously, yeah. But to, to, to say here on the 19th of October that you know, in the next 15 days we're going to just shut you down, I think they would that, – that's – that's like asking to be, you know, 
give your vote away. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. You know, what, I think it's political suicide. Both sides, voters on both sides use these two products as much as we, we loathe them. That That's what uh, the world uses. I mean, I yeah. don't use it, but I mean, a lot of people do, you know, massive, massive, massive numbers of people do. And they're being used. They're, they're being weaponized. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, in the business of pointing at the foreign countries today is ludicrous. I mean, they've been do they they've been doing it all along. I don't doubt that, but it's not just there. That's not the problem. It's when you when you come down to this business of, of as I said, censoring, you know, yeah. censoring anything that that they don't think is is correct, is not the right answer. Yeah. Well, and you know, they were. <laughs> I have rallied against this and complained about it and said that we needed to, to uh, treat them like news organizations and hold them to that standard. And people have argued with me both on the right and the left saying that was wrong in the past because, no, they don't publish the stuff. All they do is provide a platform that then other people put all the information on. And yet they are legally required to go in and remove things in order to meet community standards, which is a vague and, and unknown thing, but they're legally required to do that. Uh, there was a law specifically enacted for them. So that tells me that the, no, they're not just providing a platform. They're now editing. And if they're editing, then they are a news source and they should be treated like a newspaper and held yeah. to the same standards and requirements that news agencies are held to. So, well, you know, but, I mean, it's like they're having their cake and eating it too right now. And that's just not acceptable. Well, but, but you, you think the news people have standards? I think that's that's ridiculous. There are no standards in news today. That is oh well, I didn't, activity. I didn't, I didn't say that the news that the news agencies are doing a good job either. But at least well, there's laws existing how to deal with a news agency and and rules about um, uh, what they can and can't do. Whereas there are no rules for these online entities that provide platforms. I mean, they basically carved out a wild west for themselves um, sure. by by getting laws passed. You know, and 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 you're fooling yourself if you don't think they were the ones behind the laws that controlled them, because they were absolutely the people who they wrote their own laws and then handed them to the to the to the Senate and to the House and said, here's the one. Here's the law we want passed. And they did it. Yep. Because they 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 give millions and billions of dollars to those to to both parties to get what they want. Yep. You know, which goes back to the underlying issue of. Gosh, if our political system wasn't so reliant on money, then we then people wouldn't be able to buy and sell our politicians, and we might actually have a government that works for us. But that's another issue. Yep. <laughs> but the longer we let all of these things happen, continue to happen, the worse things are going to get. Yeah. You We're know, all going to be learning just... Chinese in school because that's who's going to be running the world. Well, because look at all of the technology that China is using to control their people. They have cameras on the streets with face ID. Oh, yeah. You know, so they so they know mm -hmm. where their people are all the time. Yeah. And if they suspect that you're not uh, towing the party line, then they send you for re-education and you disappear for 18 months or well, ever, if you depending ever, on if how. If you ever re reappear, you know. Yeah. I said or ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Look yeah, at that. It's. it's been online here with you 106 I, it always shocks me when i look how how long we've been talking <laughs> yeah but anyway uh we uh we did we get through the uh, apple announcements uh well i mean i kind of gave the outline on the phones um i gather that you like i am not really in the market for a phone right now so 
you didn't seem terribly interested in talking about them. <laughs> so I'm guessing that you aren't actually interested in phones right now. Um, I look at the new phones and they, you know, they've got a new flat side design, which is more like the old iPhone four and five had, which I actually like. I think it makes it more grippy than the rounded soap bar designs that they've had previously, um, yeah. which I never particularly were fond of, but you know, that's an aesthetic thing that wasn't enough. It didn't, you know, has nothing to do with function as far as I was concerned. Um, as far as features go, I don't see a feature in these new phones that, that I look at and go, wow, I got to get rid of this. I got to get me that 5G. I got to get me that new MagSafe thing. Well, you know, the, I got to get me that LiDAR. The, the first thing you have to ask is what does your phone company offer today that you can use effectively? You right. know, and, and why do you need data speeds on a phone anyway? You know? Right. Yeah. Is there anything? I, I heard a, I, somebody posed a really good question the other day. They said, is there ever been a time where you've been using your phone and when you went to download something, you went, when it wasn't just, hey, do I have connectivity? Because that's right. going to happen regardless of what type of radio you have in your phone. Um, but have you ever had a good connectivity and gone, huh, this is taking too long to do, to download? Yeah. Well, you know? I'm, I'm more and more thinking of a phone, a phone as two things, a phone and a good camera. That doesn't have to be a perfect camera because I'm taking snapshots, you know? <laughs> I'm not taking, you know... Uh, the the only place that I guess I might complain about the photographs I take today are, is in near dark, and they've improved them a lot there. You know, it's uh, so that you can take them in low light situations. Uh, but but the rest, I'm so happy with my tin phone. I think that I don't know if I'll ever trade it. You know, if, unless I break it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just I just well, cannot I see a, a motivation for a new phone, even the 5G yet. If we get to the point where uh, something really exciting with 5G in terms of a service, but mm -hmm. what's it going to be? I don't, I'm not going to look at the screen on the phone. It's too small. So I don't, you know, I don't know yeah. what I need 5G for. Well, eventually they'll all have 5G. This is just the first generation. You know, every subsequent one will. So, you know, four or five years down the line, doesn't matter what you buy, you're going to get 5G. What people right. don't realize, too, is very often... You know, you say, oh, cool, I got a phone that's going to have 5G. Well, what people always talk about is, yeah, but are you going to have 5G where you're at? Then right. the next question is, is the 5G that much differentiated? And even the slower 5G is faster than LTE, but not tremendously so. But then the third thing that they don't ever talk about is your vendor might say, and for only 10 extra dollars a month, we'll give you access to 5G. Yeah. You know? And so it's like buying 5G just increased your cost over the course of a year by X amount. Yep. So, yeah, you know, and, and what did you get for that extra money? Not that no. much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm the ability to say, I'm on 5G. I, I, I'm really thinking in terms of a phone almost as SE, except the, the pictures aren't quite good enough yet. My, my, 10, or my 10 phone has great pictures. I know the 11's better and the 12 is going to get better, but... I don't yeah, care. each subsequent version is better. Um, yeah, I mean, I upgraded to the 11 Pro at, from a 7. And the 7 was hands down the best phone I'd ever owned. I loved the 7. That's why I kept it so long. I mean, I kept it for four generations of phones. Um, and I, I upgraded to the 11. Um, and it's better, better than the 7 was. It's got better phones. I'm not sure, honestly, given COVID hitting, 
um, within about four or five months of me getting the new phone if I wouldn't have been happier with the older phone because I could have used it to get to my stupid shopping list a lot easier without having to type in my pin code or take off my mask at the stupid grocery store all the time. Um, Rumor has it that the 13 will have both Touch ID and Face ID, but that they just couldn't get it into this phone quickly enough because COVID had not really hit before this was already locked down and in production. Um, Yeah. You know, and like, okay, great. You know, that might, if COVID is still a thing, a year from now, then maybe I would be interested in that. But even then, it's like by that point, I'm going to be used to typing in my pin code and dealing with it. You know, it's, um, yeah, it's getting to the point. This is why Apple's trying to expand into services and phones and HomePods and other things, because it's getting to the point where uh, upgrading is certainly not a yearly thing anymore. It might be every other year or every two or three years for people. Because yeah. it's just, you know, what are they going to add to it that I that I got to have? You know, I can't even imagine what it is at this point. Well, the the only thing I can think of being an old person is uh, more and more health stuff, you know. Yeah, they really, you know, I mean, like really, it's like the new watch, you know, having that uh, that uh, oxygen sensor in the new watch is kind of cool, but not enough for me to go buy a whole new watch. No, but but if you were somebody who had COPD or or, or emphysema or some other breathing issue. That's really important to you. You're checking your oxygen all the time with one of those little fingertip things. Well, to be able to do it right on your watch would be really handy. If I was in that situation, then I would say, yeah, I'll go get the new watch. See, one of the things that I'm a little surprised about, and that is that I think Apple needs to be into the industrial medical equipment business. And and the reason they need to be in that business is that there's all kinds of sensors and, and other things that they... Uh, I'm sure they have that equipment in their office to learn about and to think, to think about, but it, I don't mean to stick it all in the in the iPhone. I'm saying hook you up with, uh, uh, if not just the uh, iPhone as, as terms of the way to connect to you, but to sell you a kit where you can put some of these things on your skin at different places, and and uh, with with a little uh, Bluetooth connector to the phone or to the mm-hmm. watch directly and and basically you don't have to go to the hospital anymore you know and unless you're going to have surgery i mean that's just surgery centers because you can connect to your doctor and do just about everything you need to do if if he can if he can examine you some way yeah now i would be surprised if there wasn't a company you know maybe not apple directly but a, a medical device company that wasn't tying into that now where yeah you could plug the you know you just have to put the sensors on your body and they tell you you know with directions and a video and everything where to put them on and then they attach to a little box that bluetooths into your phone or your watch and then you can go about your day and they can measure you over a period of time you know which yeah. is actually a huge step up from going into i mean who hasn't on the way to the doctor going well i feel pretty good now you know, yeah, you get to the doctor right. and the doctor says, what's wrong? It's like, well, right now I'm okay. A couple of hours ago, right. I was in a lot of pain. You know? Yeah, right. You, you know, know? And, and then you leave and, the doctors and, and the further you get away from the doctor, you're like, oh, I'm not feeling good again. You know, it's like, right. I don't know what it is. I think it's human psyche that does that. It's like somebody's going to look yeah. at me, so I'm going to be at my best. Yeah. <laughs> and, and another one is, is you know, di- digital uh, uh, scales so you can get your weight, Right. Yeah. And those ought to be fed in here. So, you know, you I already you, got that. Pe- pe- people should be in the habit of getting onto their scales every day and it automatically goes to your computer. Don't have to do anything. Just stand on the scale and it yeah. knows you I've somehow. I've got that. Okay. There's companies That's that good. sell those. 
Yeah. Well, why things? But, withings withings why? is one that well, does it, and Fitbit does it, and uh, there's a couple companies that have them. And they tie is, in. Why isn't Apple in that business? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they feel like other people are oh. doing that and they don't need to. Oh, or they don't sense. feel like they have anything to add to that that would make them stand out as different and better. Well, I think they got to jump in with both feet, provide both ends of the devices, the ones that mm-hmm. work at the, at the doctor's end and the one that does it here, and let's make this an electronic uh, system so that we can do uh, everything, mm-hmm. including, I mean, the doctor's going to want to look at you, too, so your camera is important, right? Yeah. There's got to be some way. Now, it's a little difficult yeah. with phone or with an iPad to stand the camera up and use it uh, from someplace without something to hold yeah. it on. Yeah, it you need you need a like stand. a tripod tripod with a gooseneck top so you can aim it where you want to aim it so that, you know, if you need, the doctor needs to look at your back or something, right? Or, or, or you need to be able to move the camera around and have it well lit enough. But the doctor can tell you you need to turn on more lights or do something like that. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things that could be done to improve telehealth. Um, yeah. I mean, right now, it's just you call up your doctor and you look at them over Zoom or something of that ilk and have a conversation. And well, then they and say, well, and, come on in so I can get some tests, right? And it's really fragmented. And and the sort of the last thing I want to say about this is that I believe records for especially health are personal things. And they should never be held at one doctor or another. You you should be able to go to any doctor and you have everything that he'll need to know about your health stored on your own device. Yeah, that I agree with. And I I think we need some sort of a national health registry or something that's, um, uh, you know, or maybe it's a couple different companies that do it and you pick the one you want to work with. um, And and but there's a standard uh, format for your records so that, yeah, they come with you Um, either either encrypted on a device that you choose, your phone or your watch um, that have secure enclaves. Or they're they're kept you know on a secure server somewhere and only allowed to be downloaded if if you provide you know double authentication that kind of thing um, that protects sure. your you know you for your data and and that way it's like you said you can go to any doctor and they can see the entire history um, you know I remember seeing one doctor and telling him about something an ailment that I had had at a previous time and and was curious if this was maybe something like that showing up again and he went. You had that? I didn't know that. You know, he had no clue because uh, he didn't have the set of copy of records that had had that from that doctor at that point in time. It hadn't gotten forwarded through. And so then they, you know, started evaluating me a little bit differently because he had some more information, you know. And I tried to share, you know, those that, that ream of paper that they give you every time you go that you're supposed to fill out. I mean, I try to put as much information as I can in that, but I'm not going to duplicate my health record there, you know. Well, speaking of duplicate health records... When Mom and I left California, we were both in Kaiser. And before we left, Kaiser gave both of us a stack of paper, probably three inches thick. Yeah. Everything that they had on us. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know if they cleared their system off or not. They may still have it stored somewhere in an archive. Uh, I, I would bet you money they all. do. <laughs> but, we, but when we got here, you know, when we went to our first doctors, you know what they wanted us to do? Just fill out your family history. That's all they wanted. Yeah. Of two or three pieces of paper. They, Mom had an extensive history, you know, of treatment yeah. uh, from the doctors yeah. over years. We've got it. We right. have the films, you know. Yeah. We don't want to talk about that too much, though, here, because that's her personal information. So, But, yeah, I mean, you've got a big history of stuff, and then you get to a new doctor, and the doctor says, 
fill out this form in my lobby and that's what I'll treat you off of. And it's like, but I have this long history of other things that you should be aware of. Yeah. It's just, it's frustrating. Yeah. You know, which also begs the question, we go through all this effort to have this national registry, we have all this data and the doctor is going to look at it and go, um, I'm not going to read all that. Tell me about your history. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. And And every time I, I go to the VA, guess what the doctor's doing? He's sitting at the computer the entire time, and he's talking to the computer much of the time. Then he will ask me a question, which then he types in my answer, you know, or he talks it into the system. Yeah. Uh, So it's all about collecting data from me, you know, and a few things, and then he will make an examination or something. But he puts it in the computer, and we spend an hour somehow managing to do all this stuff. And, and I don't see a result of it. I don't know yeah. what, what the Well, value there's is. the difference between the VA and regular doctors because I did the same thing with a regular doctor, but the doctor is there, if I'm lucky, spends four or five minutes with me. I mean, they'll ask me questions. They, you know, they'll ask me a couple of questions. But, yeah, and then he dictated in stuff into his laptop, his, his medical record. Um, I, that would then get filed with the insurance company, and I would get a copy of it so I could see the. And I remember, it's funny because, you know, a couple of weeks later I'd get this thing in the mail and I could look at it and I could see you know word for word what he dictated you know that was the the, the rec, reg, record that he put and that was all put in the mail so you know how secure is that I don't know yeah. welcome to uh, you know HIPAA it, go figure it, uh, with multiple systems it's all helter skelter you know everybody does it so sort of the way yeah. they think is going to work and yeah well and what happens is each each doctor's office or hospital just pays a fee to a company for their service. There's a, there's companies out there that, that they provide that service. Um, um, but each of them do it their own way. They're not interchangeable. And the reality is, is when you go actually see the doctor, as you pointed out, is that the doctor generally doesn't go back and reread through all that stuff, doesn't care. Um, they just want to know what's going on right now and how can I help you alleviate any issues you have at the moment. You know, yep. and if you, you know, if if one of those issues is tied into something that you had dealt with two or three years ago, maybe that you know if you if you mention it to them, that will maybe be helpful. But my guess is most of the time they won't even ask you because they don't want to dig into all that. They just, what can I do right. for you right now? Right. What can I do for you now? And then what can I do to get you out of my office so I can bill for a, a visit and go on and see the next patient? And I don't mean right. to be cold hearted because they want they do care about making sure that they help you, but they they want to get you through the office as quickly as they can and go on to the next patient because that's how they get yep. paid. And so, you know, that's welcome to a modern mm-hmm. medical establishment, you know, and, yep. and that's all because it's all, you know, based on an insurance system that, that job is to try to minimize what they pay doctors because they want to spend as little money as possible for everything. And so the insurance company wants to spend very little money, so the doctor says, well, then I have to see more patients in order to, you know, make enough money. It's just, uh, it is what it is. Yep. Well, and, and we'd all think of all the money we'd save if we use this telemedicine. No driving in, no, you know, no need to go running around. Hospitals don't need to be half as big as they are, you know, a lot of empty rooms. In fact, I think the whole business of business real estate is going to go down the tubes. I think yeah. they've learned so much about doing things remotely. Uh, you know, like Apple have that big headquarters that they built with billions of dollars. 
and uh, seven, what was it, 70,000 people or something like that have a, uh, a chance of, of opting out of coming to the office? They could stay at home? Yeah. Well, and was it um, Amazon built a big office place and then they put it up for sale? Yeah. They said, we're not going to ever populate that with people because too many of these people have found that they work from home better. Yep. They've actually found efficiencies in working it from home. And they're going like, why on earth would we keep this property and pay taxes on it and have the space when when the people we were, you know, there's some people who have to come in because they have to, you know, physically have oh, yeah. to be there. Um, and there's always going to be those kind of jobs. But there's a lot of office jobs in particular that you don't need to do that with. Yep. So, yeah, there's no doubt COVID is changing the way we use technology That's to get sure. our job done. And and in some cases, we're finding that we found better ways to do it. Not all of them. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it's certainly going to affect how uh, how work is structured going forward. Yeah, the other thing, and I think you're right. Commercial property is going to be in trouble. It's technology, but it's not electronics that I think is fascinating. Now we're finally getting to the point where Tesla has competition, and it's coming on fast. Yeah. Well, we knew it was coming. Yeah. Yeah. But it's going to be fascinating how many uh, people and how fast the transition becomes from moving from uh, uh, gasoline engines to uh, to electrics, yeah. pure electrics. Yeah, I think there's still some. It, it will cover a large amount of travel. For families that have two vehicles, I can see them getting an electric for one of them fairly quickly, meaning in the next decade. Um, mm-hmm. But... I, I think that for at least for the time being, you know, until we see some techno- technological advancements, there's still going to be people going to hang on to that gas car. Like, you know, if I want to go visit, uh, you know, family in Sacramento, if I take an electric car, I have to stop once, maybe twice, and then sit around for an hour or more while that vehicle charges at yeah. each location, which means that I almost can't do it in one day. Well, you, know? you got to eat. you got to eat. So they ought to tie these charging things to eating places. They do, but I have very often been able to go through, stop, fill up my tank, hit a drive through and keep on going. And so my total stop time is maybe 15, 20 minutes, and then I'm on my way. Whereas if I had the uh, electric car, I'd have to park it, walk to food, get the food, find something to do for the other 40 minutes, then walk back to the car and get in the car and drive again, and then do that twice. Whereas I at most have to stop once with the gas car, at most. Yep. Sometimes I don't stop at all. I can go the whole way. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right, though, that, that, that we'll have a lot of people with two cars. You know, well, a lot of, mm-hmm. we got a lot of people with two cars right now. Let's yeah. face it. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is a lot of people with two cars, and what they'll do is they'll say, "Well, one will we'll trans we'll, we'll switch one of them to electric because it's safer and cheaper, and or, or, or you know, cleaner burning and cheaper, and." Uh, or at least it puts the pollution over in a single spot where we can then focus on making it cleaner as opposed to thousands of gas pipes and trusting that everybody keeps their cars tuned up. Yeah. You know? Or, or uh, maybe hybrids are, are the answer because they'll still get you across country. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So ma- yeah, maybe. I mean, you know, Tobin and his wife both have hybrids and they love them. You know, if a lot of people have hybrids. Oh, I know. I'm just saying we've got yeah. family members that that really love yeah. the hybrid. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, 
the, the hybrid actually goes the opposite direction from the electric. It's a very complex car, and therefore it it has a poor reliability record. You know, because yeah. you got the gasoline know. engine. Well, yeah. I understand that, but I don't know that the I, I thought that the the Prius has had a pretty good record thus far. As, well, as I'm just picking that because, one. Well, all all you've done is you've added the electric motors and and right. the electric and some batteries and you know and you know bigger batteries and, and electric motor, but mm-hmm. but by and large the electric part of the system is extremely reliable. You know, so it doesn't affect the the bad reliability numbers from the engine, but you still have to change oil and you got to do. You know, right, but that's what I'm it. saying. You're saying bad reliability. The engine on it's no more reliable or less reliable than any other gas car, and the electric part is very reliable. So why is the reliability of a hybrid worse? Well, the complexity. You've got you've got uh, a lot more things to go wrong. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, you've got to have, like we said, you've got to have electric motor and batteries and then some kind of controlling system that decides when you're going to switch back and forth between electric and gas. And Yeah. So. But but as you say, that thing's like the controller. That's just a little electronics, right? I mean, you know. Right. You got that I mean, it either works or it doesn't. There, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's no more <laughs> complex or probably substantially less complex than your phone. So, uh, yeah in terms of, of electrical controller units. But, um, you know, I just curious, uh, uh, what your thoughts were there. The, um, you know, I, yeah, I, I think that electrics are, the, are certainly going to be the future, but they still have some, some gaps, some issues with the time it takes to refill is a big issue, depending on how you use your vehicle, you know, for day to day driving, for me going to and from work, 90% of the time, it's exactly what I need and it would work great. It's that occasional time when I have to take a road trip that it becomes a pain. They're not good for long-distance travel. And so maybe in addition to that, we, we build out infrastructure on trains where I can go put my car on the train and ride up and then, and then drive off the, the train with my car, you know? Mm-hmm. That That's a possibility, although that would be satisfactory. down so bad that there are very few routes anymore, and they're shared yeah. with freight and all the other stuff. You know, so yeah. I, I can't see that building out. That's just uh, not the way to yeah. go. Every time we've talked about it, I know, you know, honestly, we talk about this. This is clearly something that Elon Musk has thought about, and he thinks the way to do it is the boring company. Yeah. Remember his, his investment in that other company that, that digs holes and, yeah. and makes underneath, underground uh, pathways well, to for, places. Well, for cities, he sees that as a way of a high-speed travel through cities yeah but but across country no well that he originally was talking about at least here in california talking about that as a means of connecting places now of course in california where we have unstable ground that's the place i want to be getting into a giant underground tube i don't think so but but uh, that's where he's doing it he's he's got a test track up in las vegas already and and uh and uh he's talked and he's done one here in the la area somewhere i can't remember where it was right is that what he calls it? Hypertube? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, and it's basically like one of those big vac you know, those vacuum tubes that you used to see at banks. It's basically yeah. a giant vacuum tube. You stick your car in it, it goes and sucks it on through. So I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. He tends yeah, to, well, to think in well, systems, you know, if you may, look at the way he maybe, works and his investments. Maybe you'll see, but I my horizon's not quite so far. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you never know. 
You never know. You it's, might it's be. It's curious, you know, you always wonder if you'll live to see some things, you know, and it, mm -hmm. it amazes me how much stuff that I've lived to see. And, you know, my birthday, I'm 80 this month. So, uh, uh, it's, uh, but I have grandpas that lived to almost 100. So I got, I could have a lot of time left, you know. What yeah. What you doing? 20 years, you can do a lot these days. Yeah, absolutely. Better start making a list. Got stuff yep. to do. <laughs> Got stuff to do, Buster. Don't be don't be throwing in the towel. Well, see, the so. thing that I think about that's really cool is that uh, I have an electric scooter, and I spent about six months looking at uh, all kinds of electric chairs, and I found a couple that I thought were just whiz bang. The only problem is is that they had maybe been out, you know, producing them for six months or more. Or less, mm -hmm. rather. Uh, and then you go to a company like, I'm going to get mine for free from the VA. Well, of course, they've got these stuff that was that was in, you know, really exciting three, four, five years ago. And they're still selling it. You know, they don't want to change. Yeah. Oh, they uh, cut a deal with a, right. with a uh, developer and or manufacturer and say, that's, right. you know, we're going to sell your but, stuff. But rather than fight the system and try to get the exact thing I want, which they said I could do. You know, if I really insisted that that's better meet my needs. Mm -hmm. uh, or, or you could take one of these other devices. Well, anyway, I took a scooter just because I didn't want to sit around and play those silly games. But mm -hmm. uh, so I can't I can't really legitimately complain because I. Yeah. Yeah. You I you chose up, your, yeah. your your you made I, your bed. Now so, you got to lie in it. Right. But I'm still fascinated by how good some of the stuff is getting these days. I yeah. Mean, it, I have been crazy. watching. I, when I go to the VA, I still see lots of people pushing themselves around in, or their partner pushing them in a wheelchair, you know, totally yeah. unelectrified things. And they all, every time I go now, somebody stops me. Did, where did you get that? I said, oh, the VA paid for it. Oh, wow. Can I get one? Just talk to your doctor, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. need one or you wouldn't be in the wheelchair, yeah. But, yeah. you know. So, pe people yeah. are in, well, and, indicates and, another problem with our medical right when people don't even know what they can or can't have as far as you know you're you're dependent on your doctor to tell you what you can get and not get and they're not experts in your what your insurance will and won't cover half the time so it's like how do yeah. you know what you what you're what you're allowed to have you know now, you have to become me, an expert let me, let me tell you the funny side of it is is no sooner had I talked to these people with the old style push wheelchair as I go to the elevator and there's three of us there and I could just see this lineup and I know that three of us aren't going to fit in the elevator, just two because <laughs> they're too big. <laughs> yeah. So now the elevators, you're going to have to wait in line in order to go up or down one floor even, you know? Yep. Yeah. So well, they're, with electric vehicles, now if you're designing your building for electric vehicles, you would build ramps. So you could go to the top of the place because these yeah. climb pretty good hills. You know, now yeah. there's limits, you know. But well, and the other thing is build the build the elevators that instead of going in and out the same door, you go in one and out the other so you can drive through. So you don't have to yeah. worry about trying to back it up and move. You know, that adds complexity. Absolutely. Why not just drive through? Uh, yeah. You know, and they've got freight elevators set up that way. They should do more of them that way. So, yeah, yeah you got to rethink that stuff. I have been very interested in, in battery-powered things, and I have looked around and followed, like, battery-powered bicycles and even, you know, full-on electric motorcycles. And uh -huh. uh, and they're, it's funny that I, I think they're actually 
um, especially the motorcycles, are behind cars. And, and that seems odd to me. I would have thought that they would have been, uh, because they're smaller and cheaper, I would have thought that they would have been leading that. But they're behind in terms of um, availability and, and how they're applying the technology. There's less available right now. There's a few electric motorcycle manufacturers out there. In fact, um, um, Harley-Davidson just came out with an e-bike. Uh, yeah. But it you know it has like a 160-mile range. It's like cars. They're like, why are you building something that you know is not sufficient for somebody who wants to go out and ride on it? Well, they'll, they'll uh, be able to build long-range ones. The only thing about it is, is that then, well, people want to buy them because the batteries are heavy enough that you can't they're not nearly as maneuverable okay so you have you, you ever seen them. a harley they're not exactly petite to begin with even the gas ones are ginormous yeah yeah but but i'm just saying the problem with the current early bikes are those batteries right. are really small yeah yeah you know? like you can buy an e-bike that has a range of like 50 miles on it and can go, you know, like 25 miles, 25, 30 miles an hour for just a bicycle. Um, yeah. By, by those the cost way, around $1,000. We're still in first or maybe second generation battery technology. And yeah. the big issue there is the minerals that it takes to build those batteries are not readily available. They come right. from very few places like Africa, you know, and, mm-hmm. and they can't, uh, they're, they're going to run out. They, yeah. They well, and ironically, it. one of the one of the larger sources for some of those rare minerals is China. Yes. Yes. So yeah. now I have read that doesn't mean that they're not here. It's just that China is mining them, whereas we, because of our um, uh, uh, restrictions on environmental issues, are not mining them because it's a very dirty mining process. Yes, it's a nasty thing. It's a nasty thing. People die. Yeah. Lots of people yeah. die getting that stuff. Yeah. These are very volatile, volatile and, minerals that are not great for and, human beings. And, and and if the environmentalists that want to push this really far start telling them about how many people they're killing, you know, then then mm-hmm. they can shut up. Because I read an article about this. It's it's awful. Yeah. People are disposable yeah. in Africa. I mean, literally. Yeah. Well, and well, and China. I mean, like I said, it, it, well, that's both so, places. Yeah. Both places are are are. Yeah, not treating people well in order to get these valuable minerals out of the ground. These minerals are toxic to the people who are mining them. And like you said, people are dying. And, uh, you know, they've talked about, like, African having Africa having blood diamonds. Well, they've got blood minerals, too. And uh, mm. and so, yeah, you think you're being all green and, and wonderful by, by buying an electric car, but a lot of the chemistry that, that makes that car go uh, costs people their lives. Um or, or their health in a lot yep. of ways. And so uh, we've got to find better ways to make better batteries, like you said. So. By the way, that's one of the big things that Elon's doing. He's got this, uh, um, I forgot what, he, he doesn't use any of these exotic chemicals. I forgot the main component of his new battery design. But he's building yeah. another factory now for those, uh, those new batteries. It's supposed to come online and yes, give him the a real mega factory. Yeah, so that he can build lots more vehicles. So, anyway. Yeah, he's trying to work the problem, but it is definitely a problem. And if you're going to actually, you know, try to sell your vehicles as green because they're electric, then you've got to be able to create batteries that aren't uh, 
or is it Gigafactory? It's not a Megafactory. It's a Gigafactory. Gigafactory, right? Yeah, that's the yeah. word. Mega's well, not big enough. <laughs> well, I, I, I think we've talked about as long as I'm ready. What well, to... hour and a half's enough? Yeah, it's time to go. <laughs> Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. Um, Generation Tech is available on Mondays and download anytime. Thanks for joining me, Dad. It was a good day. See you yeah. later, Todd. So um, sit around and wait for your package. Oh, yeah. I'll talk to you I later. I sent you an update. The original one said 6 o'clock. Now it says 8 o'clock. I mean, sorry. It originally said 8 o'clock. Now it says by 6 o'clock. So, oh, is and that it's, right? It's, that's good. Yeah, and, it's, yeah and it said it was on a truck in your town so oh okay hopefully soon okay all I'll right be watching. thank you bye-bye bye-bye <laughs>